car with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh -huh. Car with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop bottles. Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship brain. Cause I ball hard. Don't be ball hard. What up, night fans? It is Thursday, October 4th. UCF has moved up to number 12 in the AP poll, and Money Moo's back in Florida. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Money Moo, finally back in Florida. I was out in Scotland and England for two weeks. That's why my voice kind of sounded a little messed up on the last two episodes. Were you yelling at British people? Or? Uh, no, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Going, going through Skype, it was, a, it was a little bit of a different experience. But anyway, I still got to see my Knights play. The FAU game was great, you know, even though it started at like midnight. Oh, you poor thing. That's <laughs> your bedtime. Everything's still good. You know, we're still 4-0 and we're, we're ready to keep this thing rolling. Yep. All right. So let's start off. UCF, 45-14 beatdown a pit last week. This might be the best game we played all year. Well, what do you think? I have to agree. I think it is the best game we played all year, but I still don't think it's the best we can play. No, not not even close. Which is, should be scaring a lot of teams. No, I, think. I mean, defense played perfect. I mean, they didn't give up any points. We gave up fourteen. Seven was on a uh, on a punt return, and then with second string defense in, with like two minutes left, we gave up another touchdown. So those don't count. The defense played perfect, and the offense, even though we scored a lot of points, I agree, I don't think that's even close to the best we can play. Coach Hype and KZ both said that in their uh, post-practice press conferences this week. Just watching the game, I think we really took our foot off the gas pedal in the second half. You know, No, it could, it could have easily been, or should have been, I mean, like 56 to nothing, but I'll still take it. We look good. I mean, everyone knows UCF's the real deal now, even though Pitt's kind of a garbage P5 team. They're still P5, and this game wasn't close at all. Yeah, I want to know where all the people that were complaining last week or the week before on Twitter about our defense are. Yeah, where are you guys? You know, we're, we're I, complaining I, about our run game. I remember I, I came on the same podcast and said, the defense is fine. All we need to do is tighten the screws a little bit on the ship. You know, people were complaining about the missed tackles and all that nonsense, and it and it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is the score and if we won. So there you go. Yeah, so that that was a, a really good game. Two really big plays from AK. He was due. Yeah, he was. And uh, it was nice to hear TJ LSU dad with the, uh, he gone! His Great commentary. rendition right yeah. there, by the way. That, that, was actually, that was him, actually. Really good game overall. You know, we spread the ball out. Another six touchdowns for KZ. Pretty normal from week to week for him. You know what's crazy is at the beginning of the season, actually it was after the first game when I saw, it was it was the UConn game where I saw Hypel using McKenzie with more designed runs. And I kind of didn't really agree with doing that. But then after seeing these last few games, I realized that that's a huge strength for him, and he seems Smart to know it. how to slide, and he's not like throwing himself all over the place. He's a dangerous runner. Yeah, he's really good, and I mean, he pretty much single-handedly carried us through 
the first half of that Auburn game. And even in the second half, he used his wheels a lot. But, I mean, he was just off in the first half. He couldn't run and or he couldn't throw. And he ran quite a bit and kind of carried us for the, for the first half there. And even in the second half, had a bunch of good runs. That's definitely a huge strength. And it's definitely something that the defense has to account for, which in yes. turn... Absolutely. Opens the passing game. I um, think I think that's a huge, huge thing that the defense has to account for. If he's running well, that definitely opens up the passing game even more. So it's basically like pick your poison. We were worried after the UConn game because he wasn't getting down in time and he was taking hits, but he's been fine. He's barely been touched, so that's not an issue anymore. You know, just things he's got to learn how to do, getting adjusted to new offense, and I think he's doing it really, really well. What are some other things you want to talk about from this game? Uh, let's talk about, how about the weather? So they were touting all week that it was going to be really hot. I think UCF even sent out a little warning that it was going to be hot. I don't Heat know why advisory. they had to do that. but Hey, guess what, guys? It's going to be hot yeah. in a Florida summer afternoon. But anyway, I know you sit on the visitor side. Yeah. So right how, how was it over there? I mean, it was pretty dang hot having the sun like right in our face. But it doesn't seem any much hotter than the other games. I, I don't know, man. I was pretty drunk, so maybe that helped with it. I mean, it was it was really. But the Pittsburgh players seem to think that it, it was pretty hot. Don't yeah, you well, say? They're wusses. They're from you know they're from the Northeast, and uh, they're not used to the heat. And I don't know, whatever. But it was the hottest kickoff in UCF history at 91 degrees. Texas was the previous record at 90. That was the first ever home game for UCF. And that game, it actually rained a little bit in the middle, so that cooled it off a little bit. I mean, this this one was definitely hot. I mean, it's Florida. I, we're used. To, I'm used to it at least. And this has been going around Twitter as well that the Pittsburgh players seem to be faking some of their cramped injuries to try and slow down the UCF offense. What do you think about that? You know, I think that's a compliment to our <laughs> offense. For one, if you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. That's kind of my motto. And if they're not technically doing anything illegal or against the rules, then I, I'm not saying I like that they did it, but, you know, it's game. It's part of the game. It's, it's just what it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we need, to be, we need to be ready for it. We just need to play our game, which is really, really, really fast. Yeah. But if that happens, you know, don't get caught up in it. Just, you know, keep doing what we're doing. Because obviously we're doing pretty much everything right so far. Exactly. And if they're getting that desperate, then that's, you know, that means we've got them right where we want them. So I'm not worried about that. I guess one other thing, though, let's talk a little bit more about the defense. I mean, they pitched a shutout. I mean, yeah, the, I, the defense gave up zero points. You had that punt return for a touchdown, which, you know, eh, it happens sometimes. Better um, this game than yeah. you know, a game that's close. And then you had the, gu- the garbage time touchdown with only two minutes left. You know, so really four, 45-7, basically. I thought the defense did well. We had three sacks, which I know I've gotten on them before okay. about not having any sacks. So we were getting good pressure on the quarterback. Nine tackles for loss. Uh, Richie Grant continues to be my defensive MVP candidate for the season. With He's an- good. Big upgrade With another pick. Neal. Uh, yeah, and if you watch that game, I mean, he just sat there and baited the quarterback, made it look like the guy was open, and then just swooped in at the last second. Like, a, I mean, it was like a rocket ship and picked that ball off right in front of him. He's really good. He's special. All right, so let's talk SMU next week. They're 2-3, and three, but their three losses have been, I think, against pretty decent teams. Yeah, so the three losses, they started the year off with a loss against North Texas, 
which a good team. If you follow the Money Moves pick, you would have known that North Texas, uh, a couple weeks ago, we had North Texas in a blowout over Arkansas, I think it was. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, so they started out the season 0-3, lost to North Texas, lost to then number 16 TCU, and then number 19 Michigan. Now, their only win over a Division One team was a one-point overtime win against Navy, and then they beat Houston Baptist uh, 63-27. to one thing I can tell you is that SMU's defense is just terrible. The least amount of points that they've given up was 27 to Houston Baptist and then 30 to Navy. Every other game in all their losses, they gave up 40-plus points. So there's no reason we can't hang at least – I mean, 40 should be the minimum. That should be the, that should be the floor with the ceiling. No ceiling. I mean, like, what, 70? Who no, knows? I, I think, you know, between 50 and 60 would be nice – here again is they have shown that they can score. You know, okay, they put up 63 points against Houston Baptist, but it's still a football team. Yeah, I mean, we only put up 38 against South, South Carolina, Carolina State. State. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, SMU 2-3, and three, I feel like we always get their best game. This was a very close game last year. It's our closest it, game A huge scare in the regular season. Uh, for us in the regular season last year. So, again, I'll reiterate, we can't take any game lightly. Take it one game at a time. Everyone again this week was talking about, oh, what's going to happen if we're undefeated and what bowl we're going to get into. And we need to focus on the game this week, and that is it. Well, our team needs to focus on the game this week, but we're fans. I mean, we can focus on whatever we yeah, want. Yeah, that's right. Well, the outcome. Sometimes um, I feel like I'm part of the team. I think we're a little part of the team. Um, SMU last year, I mean, you won't forget, there was a fourth down play where their all-time leading receiver dropped a wide-open pass that would have set them up pretty good uh, in a position to force overtime. He dropped that pass on fourth down, got us the ball back. We ran out the clock and won 24-17. That was our biggest scare last year. Obviously, USF was a scare too, but I never felt like the USF game was really unwinnable. I knew when we got the ball back, we were going to score. I just didn't know it was going to be Mike Hughes. But yeah, I mean, that, that could have been bad. We were on the road. Anyway, 7 o'clock kickoff night game, little 1 p.m. tailgate. Could get a little frisky. Whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. 1 p.m. tailgate. I mean, what do you, you can't start at 9 for a night game. No, I thought it was after, if it started after 6, that the tailgate started at noon. The pit game kickoff was at 3.30, and the tailgate started at 9.30. So I think they keep it to 6 hours, because that's 6. So now it's just like, oh, so, yeah, but then a noon game, we well, don't get to start till 7. That's BS. Eh, I mean, you can start in your car. All right. And then uh, the other thing that UCF fans wear, the students wear black. Everyone else wears gold, which could look kind of cool in theory. But first of all, I don't think – I think every game should be a blackout unless it's like a day game in, the, in August or September, then maybe do white. But gold is an ugly color to wear. I think it's silly to, to have mismatch. I, how do you feel about this? I mean, I, I like gold. I have a couple gold shirts, but this whole UCF fans wear thing, I think, should be stuck with two games. That's it. There should be one blackout, one whiteout. That's it. But you don't think, well, I mean, why can't every game be a blackout? It looks cool. I know it looks cool, but but our colors are black and gold. Yeah, so. Not just black. But the problem with gold is that there's so many different colors. If you look back, watch the Texas game. In 2007 on ESPN, there's people wearing yellow. There's people wearing there's a gold that's like a, it's like an almost orange looking. And there's khaki looking gold. 
There's so many different colors that even if everyone has gold shirt on, it doesn't look consistent. Black is easy. Black is black, unless it's not. Then and it's not white black. is white as exactly. well. So do one blackout, one whiteout, and all the other games can wear black, gold, white, whatever the hell you want. Or just every game's a blackout besides the whiteout. Then we, it looks good in the crowd. Well, not everyone has a black shirt. Well, they should if they're a UCF fan. What about anthracite? Have a nice anthracite polo. I don't even... I didn't even... <laughs> I couldn't even pronounce that And didn't that you word. tell me to buy a polo? You, didn't you tell me to wear a polo? Yes. Not a jersey? Yes. All so I wear- we got an anthracite polo. Now you're telling me I can't wear it? All I wear is jerseys, though. I'm the biggest hypocrite. All right. Let's move on. Power 6 update real quick. How did we do this week? So, guys, the Power 6 update. Preseason favorite in the West Division in the American Conference, Memphis, goes down to 1-3 Tulane, 40-24 to they're, Memphis is a huge disappointment to me this this year. I mean, I know they lost their quarterback. They lost their number one wide receiver. But people were talking them up like they were just going to run right up to the championship game with us. And yeah. it seems like it's not going to happen. Well, they didn't have a good defense last year. So that stayed consistent through this year. They have, a good, they have one of the best running backs in the country, actually, who I'm kind of worried about. But, again, since they don't have a defense, I know we're going to just score enough points where it won't matter. Uh, but yeah, Memphis stinks. I almost want a refund on my flight, but I, I need to like, I need to travel to something. So it's all right. Be we'll there. be all right. So oh, also, actually, what, hold on. While while I'm on that, anyone traveling to the game got a couple of events planned for us. Friday night, 7 p.m. Sulky O'Sullivan's on Beale Street, dueling piano bar. If you're wearing UCF gear, you get free cover till 9 p.m. They extend that an hour for free for us and five dollar hurricanes. Anyone who went to the Liberty Bowl knows that this is like one of the coolest bars in memphis uh should be a good time so i will see you guys there and then i also have a post-game party right near the stadium so we can watch the rest of college football after the game at about 7 p.m and i'll uh, i'll tweet out the details to that as it gets closer we're still kind of negotiating um anyway uh what else happened in the american this week then temple lost to boston college 45 35 and Cincinnati put the beat down on UConn 49 to 7. Now, Cincinnati, what do you think about them? I mean, they're undefeated now along with USF and us as the three teams. Remember we talked about this a few episodes ago where there's a possibility because Cincinnati and USF are our last two regular season games. If they're both undefeated when we play them, We'll be knocking out two undefeated teams back-to-back, ranked. then ranked, then going to a conference championship. Probably, it's looking like now it could be hu- Houston, probably yeah. Houston. And winning the conference championship, and I just still don't see how, if we complete all of that, that we don't make the college football playoff. All right, so here we are. Let's. I wanted to revisit this anyway. First of all, let's say, what are our chances of going undefeated now? Preseason, you had him at 25%. I had him at 33%. Uh, I think I had him even lower. I had him at like 15%. Yeah. Maybe I was at 25 But then after the first game, you know, UConn, oh, it just like went nuts. <laughs> and I, I went up to like 25%. Then after the second game, we're both like, eh, wait a sec. We're yeah. not that good. <laughs> no, I, it, FAU was good. Pitt was great. I mean, I'm like, I think we've got like a 75, 80% chance of running the table. And again, anything can happen because it's football. But Coach Hype's got these guys focused, man, locked in. And like his motto is 1-0 every week. And we just focus on each individual game, 
get it done and move on to the next. But our schedule is just so freaking easy this year. Yeah. I don't see us slipping up. I remember a f- few episodes ago I talked about the power rankings and that that away Memphis game was probably going to be the only game that we're not favored in. Well, that totally went out the window. So yeah. we will be favored in every single game. I think the closest one now is going to be USF. USF. Yeah. From what it is right now, we'll still be favored by a touchdown. That's what I think, too. It's nice, though. Finishing against two tough opponents, is it's, it's good, the setup we have it. You couldn't ask for it any better because we've got Cincinnati at home and then USF pretty much at home. I mean, that stadium's got more black than it is green or whatever the hell their color is. So that's looking really good. I like our chances, but, you know, like you said, we got to take it week by week. Moving on from that, we like our chances of going undefeated. If that happens... We got to talk about the playoff. What do you think, Moo? I think it's 100%. And if it's not, then we need to sue or something. Because this is just ridiculous. Like, how could you possibly go two seasons in a row undefeated and not make this? Like, this is so biased. Yeah, I mean, but I I could make the argument against it. I mean, first of all, we don't know how good Cincy and USF are going to be ranked when we play them. But our schedule is not that good. It's weaker than last year. But again, we don't have any control over that, which is what makes college football the setup so dumb. It's so disorganized with all different, all the different conferences. In other sports, the schedules are set by the main governing body, making sure everyone plays an equal amount of opponents from other divisions and stuff, making sure it's fair. It's not this, like the Patriots have to call the Dolphins and schedule games in 2024. No, it's a set thing. You play these teams in your division, these teams in your conference, and then these teams in the other conference, and it rotates. Under the way it's set up, you know, with the strength of schedule and stuff, I can see the argument against it. But it's not a true playoff if you can go undefeated for two years straight and not be in it. Yep. Or, on the other hand, we could just, you know, finish the season undefeated, get invited to the Peach Bowl and play maybe LSU, or get invited to the Fiesta and play either like Notre Dame and Stanford, win that game and just claim another national championship (laughs) back-to-back. I'll take it. I mean, you know what? Last year was so much fun, and I, I was preaching this to people last year. I remember, like, up to the Peach Bowl and right after. I'm like, this might not ever happen again, so just enjoy it. Block out all the negativity and just enjoy it. We're on a run right now with the best quarterback in college football. We don't know how much longer he's going to be here, and we don't know if we're ever going to have anyone this good. So just enjoy it while we're doing it because, honestly, times like this, might not ever happen again. And as a college football fan, you just have to enjoy it and soak it all in. All right, let's talk about a couple other games in the college football landscape. Uh, There was a couple games between top 10 teams this week. All right, so last week, number three, Clemson, just barely squeaked by Syracuse, 27-23. Number four, Ohio State survived against Penn State, coming back from a huge deficit, 27-26. Although Penn State still stayed ahead of UCF, dropping to number 11 with their quality loss. <laughs> and number 7, Stanford, was routed by number 8, Notre Dame, 38-17, and Stanford dropped to number 14. So UCF now number 12 in the rankings. This week is very interesting because I believe, personally, that there are are four teams that are ranked ahead of us that have a decent shot of losing and us moving up in the rankings. So even if half of those teams lose, that still puts us number 10, which top 10 
not even halfway through the year. We're one month done with college football, and we're talking about being in the top 10. Absolutely insane. All right, so the games to watch this weekend, number 19, Texas, playing at number 7, Oklahoma. Oklahoma has the possibility of losing. Eh. Maybe. <laughs> uh, you have number 5, LSU, playing 22, Florida, which kind of have to root for Florida even though we don't want to. I'll root for USF. If that means taking out a team ahead of us in the rankings. I'm selfish. Whatever. And then you have number eight, Auburn, playing at Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State is a little underrated. Auburn a little overrated. I think Mississippi State has a good shot at knocking off number eight. I'd like that. And Virginia Tech plays Notre Dame, but it's in Blacksburg at Virginia Tech. I think Notre Dame has a chance of losing. So that's... Really? Virginia Tech that got whooped by Old Dominion? It's a possibility. Everyone has their slip-up. But that's number 5, 6, 7, and 8 that I think at least two of them, I think, are going to go down. No, I mean, those are are decent matchups. But one other thing to watch, number 13, Kentucky, who's right behind us in votes in the AP poll, plays at Texas A&M. They're actually an underdog in this game. And I have a feeling that that this is like a not even a quality win because Texas A&M is not even ranked, but... It's like a decent win, and they're just looking for any excuse for people to jump us. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But, yeah, I mean, between out of those four games ahead of us, for the teams ahead of us, I think at least two of them could lose. Oh, I see what you're saying. So if two of those four teams lose, you think Kentucky could jump to number 10 and we would only go to 11? You never know. They look at these teams and they're like, oh, Kentucky undefeated, beat Texas A&M, power five win. You know, UCF yeah. only beat SMU. Mm, that is kind of Kentucky's stupid. not that far behind us in the ranking. This happened last year. We continued to get jumped by teams, and it didn't just happen with undefeated teams. It happened with teams with two and then eventually three losses were jumping us week to week just from their regular wins, not even against ranked teams, just their regular conference wins because they were SEC teams. Yeah. Well, like I said, all we can do is win, and we'll just keep rolling along. Exactly. All right, so – Next up, we have a really, really cool interview with the Stairmaster. Well, who's, who's the Stairmaster? Anthony Allen, featured on Barstool, ESPN, and the Jumbotron at the last two UCF games. Oh, that guy. Yeah, the Stairmaster. I just gave him that nickname. I, I'm hoping he runs with it. Um, so let's get to that interview. All right, I'm here with the most popular man on UCF campus. I'm not talking about Mackenzie Milton. I'm talking about living legend, Anthony Allen. What's going on, man? How's it going? Hey, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, first thing, what's the nickname that you're going by? Are you like scoreboard kid or fan of the game, or, or what do you go by? I've seen quite a few, but like most of the time people just come up to me. They're like, oh, you're the kid. You're the kid that was on the screen, or you're the kid with the face. Those are the ones that get the most. So. So, <laughs> if you don't want people to recognize you, just, like, take the hat off? <laughs> oh, no, I'll, I'll take the hat off, wear my hair different, and put sunglasses on. No one sees me. It's kind of <laughs> funny. That's awesome. All right, so let's, uh, for, for the people, I guess, that weren't at the game or don't know the story, let's backtrack a little. They were doing the fan cam at the game, and it comes to you. Tell me what happened. Uh, so, I think it was actually before the fan cam. It was, like, one of the dancing cams where, like, they look at people doing their dances or whatever. And I was just staring at the camera. I'm like, I'm going to stare at the camera. Maybe this camera guy will see me or something. And he saw me, and he put his finger up. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'll put you on. And so then he put me on. And then I guess they came back to me during fan of the game. And right. that's just where it all happened. 
they came back to you a couple times. I remember I was like this kid, like how's he not cracking a smile or anything like that? It was uh, it was hilarious. But by the end of the game, everyone was like into it. It was pretty awesome. Uh huh. All right, so tell me a little bit about yourself. Like uh, you're a freshman, right? Yeah, freshman. So it's my first year. Or it's my first semester here at UCF. So. Well, uh, w- welcome to the school, man. This is definitely pretty cool for you. So, since you're a freshman, what were your impressions or what, did, what were your expectations of, like, tailgating and, and the football experience before you came in? Because, like, when I was a freshman, we were just getting a stadium on campus and football wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, so, what, what was, like, what was going on in your head? Well, so, I, I came from Gainesville. I lived in Gainesville for uh, 16, 15 or 16 years, so I, I was aware of all the tailgating and all the the fun stuff that goes around on Saturdays for football. So I was expecting that, but just way bigger, way better, because I know UCF is just a bigger, bigger and better school, in my opinion. Right. So that's all I was expecting. I agree. And what about your ex- expectations for the football team? I mean, did you expect us to be just as good as we were last year? Uh, yeah, national champion level this season again. It's as simple as that. I like it. All right, so back to the... What game was it? The first one where you were on the Jumbotron. Um, uh, FAU. FAU, the Friday night game. During the game, was your phone blowing up or like towards the end once they put you on the screen multiple times? My phone didn't start blowing up until I have to say, I think it was around like 11 o'clock that night. I started getting notifications on my phone, just random people. Or it was UCF. UCF's page was the first one to put me on. And I right. thought that was crazy. I was like, oh, that's cool. Then you were Saturday. on... And then Saturday was crazy. I look on there, I was on Barstool, I was on ESPN. I just, me and my friends, we went absolutely crazy that day. That's awesome. So then, when you, like, went out that night, was everyone, like, starting to recognize you and stuff? Not Uh just from the game, but from the tweets? Not from the game, but from the tweets, from Instagram, everything. They were asking for pictures and stuff, and it was, it was just crazy. How many people do you think asked you for pictures the first night you went out after it went viral? The first night, I said, like, 40 to 50 people, maybe. Just that first night, but it was like, it wasn't even while I was going, it was like walking out of the stadium, I had people's moms and dads and whatnot coming up to me, but then last Saturday, it was funny, I was walking to my friend's apartment to go tailgate or whatever, and then I walked by this family, and they're like, oh, can you hold my baby to take this picture, and I'm like, oh yeah, definitely, Wow. So I was like holding kids and stuff, it was, it was crazy. That's that's awesome, uh, have, you, have you gotten sick of it yet, or not not yet? No, I don't. I don't really mind it. I I think it's funny. That's all I think about. Like people come up and ask me if I'm road. I'm like, I laugh at it. I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> You're like, I didn't even really do anything, but okay. No, that's what I say. I'm like, I just stared into a camera, but okay. <laughs> what about uh, when you got back to class that Monday after the FAU game? Like, were people coming up to you in class or like what? Because uh, someone tweeted me a video. I think you were in like a big lecture hall for I don't <laughs> that was, know what class. That was in my trigonometry class last week. Someone we yeah. have like a group me in that class with like the three hundred students or whatever. And I'm sitting by my friend, and I have the notifications for group me off because there's like three hundred kids. Yeah, I think it's annoying. It's but so annoying. my friend. It pops up on the screen. It's like at Anthony Allen, do the thing. And so me and him like, are looking around the class, trying to find the person who said it. And they're like in the corner waving at us. And so I just <laughs> stare at just stare at them. And then that's it. That's hilarious. So how many followers did you have on Instagram before the FAU game? Beforehand, I think I had eight hundred. And now and what then, do you have? Uh, I think I've gotten like I think it got to two point seven or two point eight. Dang, so, nice. Like. Almost 2,000 more followers. It's just crazy. That's pretty awesome. How, how did the DMs look like? <laughs> oh, I was getting I was getting DMs from like a bunch of people. They're like, "Oh, you're the kid." Like random people. I had like 
Oh, they were just crazy. It's like random people just saying, oh, you're the kid. You're so cool. Uh, thanks for making me laugh or whatever. I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, I get, <laughs> I get a kick out of it and I get to make people laugh. I thought that was pretty cool. You're, uh, you're, you're affecting people's lives and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, no, I like, it's just um, great. Cool. Do you have a girlfriend or anything? Nope. Oh, oh. dude. Awesome, man. Perfect timing. <laughs> perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. Well, hey, welcome to UCF, and this is really cool, man. I think I just like think this is the craziest thing that that you went viral like this. But it sounds like you're definitely enjoying it. So, uh, mm-hmm. congrats on the on the fame or whatever. And, uh, dude, I'm gonna have to try and find you to get a picture this weekend for the, uh, for the game. Definitely. So. All right, man. Uh, well, All thanks right. again, and go nights. No problem. Charge on. All right, we're back. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves Picks of the Week. All right, guys, it's your favorite segment of the week. It's the Money Moves Picks of the Week. We're 13-5 and five overall now as we finish out another 2-1 and one winning week last week. The two winners were Boise State over Wyoming and UCF over Pitt. Of course. The only loss was Texas Tech. I really thought that Texas Tech could have taken West Virginia, especially at home, and I didn't really think that West Virginia had proven anything, but maybe they're a force to be reckoned with here. Eh, they're all right. I mean, they only won the game by seven, and the spread was, what, three, four? The spread was three. Was three, They only yeah. lost that game by four. I mean, your losses are close. Your wins are huge, though. Huge wins. Okay, so we're going to do something that we haven't done at all this season. The first time ever this season, I'm not taking UCF. So Vegas finally caught on. They finally caught on. Dang it. Well, I hope you cash in in the meantime. Now, of course, I'm not gonna. I'm not taking SMU. I'm just going to have a pass on the game. Now, if you still want to throw a couple bucks on there, go be my guest. But oh, I'm your guest. It's not. It's not an official uh, money, money move, move pick. pick. Yeah. But I do have three more picks for you guys this week all favorites this week so let's start off from the top we're gonna go with the first pick miami minus 12 against florida state the game is in miami i have this game as an eight and a half point value play on the pick you know i don't think anyone realizes that florida state is really that bad (laughs) florida state does if you look at their twitter their fans on twitter they're all predicting them to lose by, like, 24, which is, like, a sure-tell sign that you should bet against them. Right. So the only the only thing that concerns me is that it is a rivalry game, and Florida State, you know, no matter how bad they are, the whole roster is still four- and five-star recruits. But so is Miami, you know. And Miami's been on a roll. Yeah, they didn't look great in the opening game against LSU, but we didn't realize how good LSU was until now so are they uh, that's eh. debatable <laughs> anyway it's all it's all subjective it that's is the thing. it is it's crazy but um besides ucf FSU, ucf is the real deal yeah fsu they only average 22 points a game which is almost nothing and uh miami averages 44 florida state this year against the spread is only one and four um, and being on the road down in South Florida, I just think Miami takes it minus 12. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Uh, Miami's a good team. FSU is really bad. I mean, when your own fan base is predicting against you, like, 
That's that's when you know. I it's just bad. feel like the fans aren't going to be, you know, up. This is a down year for them, and when is a down year? You do, the last thing you want to do is travel all the way from Tallahassee to Miami and just get stomped on. Yeah, and I mean Miami's Miami games aren't fun. Their fans aren't nice. Their fans are probably the worst in all of college football. There's a video I tweeted last week. Their fan was yelling at the North Carolina players as they were leaving the field, flicking them off and yelling obscenities. And, dude, I'm the biggest trash talker that, I mean, you guys all know that. Love talking trash. But when the game's over, it's over, man. And unless, unless someone on that team did something malicious, it's all left on the field. And actually, speaking of that, I'm sure you guys saw the video of the pit player twisting KZ's ankle as he dove into the end zone and then wouldn't let go after the play was over. Um, I'm actually mad about that, but I did, you know, publicly post the guy's Twitter and Instagram for everyone to send him messages. So, oh, you did? I, I didn't see that. Yeah, I'll have to show you. I'll that. Have to do that. Anyway, all right. What's your second? Pick? Anyway, yeah, we got off on a little tangent there, but Miami minus twelve against Florida State. The second pick we're gonna take another huge rivalry game, another favorite. I'm going with Oklahoma minus seven and a half against Texas. This game. Is in Oklahoma the Red River rivalry? Say that three times fast. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think Texas super overrated. They were overrated at the beginning of the year. They lost to Maryland their first game. Yeah, they've won a couple games since then, and Maryland's their only loss. The only reason why they're ranked is because they beat two ranked teams, USC and TCU, who were ranked at the time, but now they're not. So that doesn't even count. Correct. Last week, they barely eked out a win against Kansas State, who is not a good team at all. Uh You know, they lost to Maryland, I said. Again, too, I mean, a rivalry game, anything can happen. But Oklahoma, you know, other than that hiccup overtime game against Army, I I think they could be a playoff team. Yeah, Oklahoma's good. Kyler Murray is really good. He's in the Heisman race. He's in the conversation. They're a good team. Their defense is good, too. So that's Oklahoma minus 7.5. Although, Texas, I don't know. I mean, you're right. They have, they have been on a little win streak, but those wins are against teams that were overrated. Tom Herman, I do respect him as a coach. He plays up to his opponents. You said that last week. But I did I, say that. I don't think they have a chance in this game. This is their first real opponent that they're playing. Yeah, so I, I like the pick with Oklahoma. It's going to be 30-21 to 21, Oklahoma. Texas will give them a little game, but they're still going to win. <laughs> All right. And last but not least, what do you have for your pick of the week? So the third pick, this is my game of the week. We've won with Syracuse before. We're going to go with them again. Syracuse minus three and a half against Pitt. Now, Pitt is really banged up from last week. Oh, yeah. After getting dismantled by a uh, bunch of hamstring injuries. Yeah. A bunch of cramps. Pittsburgh, we know what they are. You know. Garbage. So the game is in Pittsburgh, but they play in the Steelers stadium. So we all know about college football teams that play in NFL stadium, they, rented stadiums, you know. suck. There's absolutely no home, true home field advantage. Nope. And Syracuse, yeah, they are kind of off of a letdown from almost beating Clemson, but they only have one loss, and I really think they can make a run for the ACC, for an ACC championship. So minus three and a half against Pitt. This is another over eight point value on this pick. And I mean, we saw what Pittsburgh was last week. It's just their offense is horrible. The defense could get run all over the field. Yeah, and we saw who Syracuse was last week too. 
they were beating Clemson almost all game. Now, Clemson did have their quarterback out hurt, but, I mean, that's no excuse when you're the number three team in the nation. Uh, Syracuse is good. And Pittsburgh's defense had a lot of trouble stopping McKenzie, a running quarterback. Syracuse with Eric Dungy, a running mobile quarterback. So I think this is when it's an easy one. Syracuse minus three and a half. All right, so that's three winners from Money Moo. Recap them for us again. So we got Miami minus 12, Oklahoma minus seven and a half, and we're taking Syracuse for the second time this year, minus three and a half. All right, three winners from Money Moo. Let's Let's get get that that money. money. All right, let's move on to my NFL lock of the week. I went 2-0 last week. I had the Saints minus three, easily covering against the Giants, and I had the Lions plus three, squeaking out a two-point loss against the Cowboys. So that puts me at 3-2-1 on the year, back over 500. There we go. I knew you could do it. Yeah. I had one bad week. All right. I've got one more winner for you this week. We're taking the Vikings plus three on the road at the Eagles. Uh, The Vikings, I mean, I know they only have one win this year. Didn't they lose to Buffalo? That game doesn't count. How are you taking a team that lost to Buffalo? They didn't just lose. They got dismantled. That was actually... That was actually the biggest upset in NFL history since they started keeping track of point spreads. They were a 17-point favorite, and they lost by like 20. That game doesn't count. All right, so we'll throw that one out. So last week, they kept up with the best team in the NFL, the Rams. Lost by seven. They tied the Packers. Packers are eh, whatever. The Vikings are a good team, though, man. They, they upgraded a quarterback. They got a bunch of stud-wide receivers. Stacked on defense. Best cornerback in the league, Mike Hughes, obviously. I like him, and the Eagles are not the same Eagles from last year. Carson Wentz, I think, does, I don't think he's 100% still. They can't score the ball. Their defense doesn't look good. Um, I mean, they lost to the Bucks. They lost last week to the Titans. The Titans are decent, but I just think I like the Vikings and the points this week. You know, the Vikings, I don't really agree with this pick, but they are getting three points, so maybe they lose by two and you still eke out the, the winning bet. Yeah, I, I like it a lot, so we'll see what happens. Uh, sorry, so that's my NFL lock of the week. Vikings plus three at the Eagles. All right, let's move on to Heisman update. Michael Kalubiali scored a touchdown for the second straight season. Let's go, son. <laughs> he, had, um, he had another reception in this game also, but the big news for him, let's talk about that interception-saving tackle. You mean touchdown saving <laughs> tackle off of an interception? Right. He didn't say that would be pass interference. <laughs> let's if he talk saved about the his interception with a tackle. All right, let's talk about his touchdown saving tackle off an interception that was called back by a roughing the passer call. But I mean, he started from the one from one yard in the end zone, full speed, sprinted down the field, hurdled a guy. And tackled the Pittsburgh guy with the ball at the one-yard line. I mean, that's just grit, man. Dude, way to not give up on the play, especially to all the young, the younger players. That's, I mean, that's what six-year players do right there. You and you don't, you don't, you don't start as a walk-on on a team and end up being the starter. I don't care how many years it takes you with that hustle and determination like that. Really awesome play from him. Let's look at touchdown totals for the other Heisman candidates. Tua Tagovailoa. He is at 16 total touchdowns on the year. Kyler Murray for Oklahoma, 21. Will Greer, 
17 total touchdowns, and Dwayne Haskins is at 20 total touchdowns. Mackenzie Milton's at 18 with one less game than all of them. He's caught right up. Yeah, I think even without the game, I'm going to bold prediction here. I think McKenzie is going to total touchdowns now. I think McKenzie is going to lead the nation. You think he breaks 40? Well, how many games are we going to play? Are we going to count the... If we count the conference championship, that'll be 12 or 11? No, no, that'll be 12. It'll be 12, yeah. 40? Yeah. All right. Yeah. 45, maybe? So is that like three and a half a game? I mean, he had two with six, right? I mean, dude, if you don't count the SC State game, which I know you have to, but, I mean, he's, he's getting six every game. Like, easy, too. And throw out the SC State game, but no picks. Yeah. No fumbles. God, have, we even fu- have we fumbled I don't think the ball this whole year? I, I don't know, man. Unless, I mean, it might have happened while I was drunk, but I don't think I've seen any. I think the only turnovers we've had all year was in South Carolina State. Yeah, we'll have I'm to pretty check sure. on that. But we're playing really well, man. You know, the, the little things that fans and stuff complain about are so minuscule compared to the things that fans of other schools have to complain Although I about. did say at the beginning of the season that turnovers is, are something that usually tends to even out. And, and we the good teams win the turnover battle, though. That's true. All right. Now for our final segment, we got questions from our night fan listeners. Moo started off. This one's from MD Knight 2016. Do you think UCF will go the entire regular season as double-digit spread favorites? Ah, man, this is tough. I'd have to say no. I think we're going to be a seven-point favorite at USF probably. Yeah, looking at the power rankings, I think from the USF game, actually if you take, well, I don't consider their home field to be worth a normal home field. So I think we should be favored by, yeah, about seven, eight points. As it stands now, if they're undefeated when we play them, it could be more, you know, it could be less. But as it stands now, I think, yeah, that that one, and maybe the Cincinnati game, we won't be double-digit, but that one is at home, and I do give an extra half point for the bounce house just because it's, it's, all, it's always rocking, baby. Yep. All right, here's a question from Moo. This is from Cody Magnuson. What are your thoughts on USF minus 14, Cincy minus 7.5, and and LSU minus 3? All right, USF minus 14, I'll almost never tell you to bet USF, especially as a favorite. It just didn't – I mean, they played E-line earlier this year, and I think they only won by – they only won by like 10 points, so. They're playing UMass this week. It's not a huge opponent, but I'm looking at their schedule, and – Besides that Elon game, every game's been within like a touchdown. So I wouldn't take USF. Uh, what about Cincinnati minus seven and a half? You know, I like Cincinnati. I think they're a good team. I I picked them a few weeks ago to beat Ohio, and they by but that was one of my losses. You know, they, they were I think a seven seven and a half point favorite against Ohio, and they didn't cover that. So and they play Tulane this week, who's been a decent team this year. And Tulane beat Memphis, so they're giant killers as well. Uh, I'd stay away from those games. What do you think about LSU minus three? So here's one that when the lines came out, I know you definitely said, oh, yeah, that's got to be one of our one of our picks. I thought this – I'm like, LSU right. minus three. So before, you know, throughout the week, I'm like, you know, Moo, what are your picks for the week so I can think about them? LSU definitely, right? And he's like, no, no, actually. 
So it's um, crazy that this line has actually moved down to LSU minus two and a half, which is even crazier if you really like LSU. However, if you do the deep dive into the box scores and into the power rankings, you know, the chatter bet- between some of the people that I follow and my own research is that I really think Florida has a great chance of knocking off LSU. Interesting. Now, that might be a quality win for them, jumping them up. I could see people ranking them as a freaking top 10 team if that happens. I mean, LSU is number five. Florida did lose to Kentucky, who we think is overrated. So that's why rankings are dumb. This whole thing is dumb. But anyway, it's a, it's a whole other podcast. This next question comes from Trey J.U.T., with Baylor Athletics on the hot seat, how likely do you think it is that the Big 12 makes a move for UCF slash USF? This is tough. First of all, it's a, I don't think a team's ever been dropped out of a conference. I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Big 12 made a mistake by not picking us when they were having expansion talks a couple years ago. But I think those are kind of two separate things. I don't know what the Big 12's thinking. Their conference sucks, though. I mean, they're pretty much just Oklahoma, and that's it. We would be a huge asset to them. And if you look at our TV ratings for our nationally televised games, the FAU game was double the rating of the game that ESPN had on the previous Friday night. People want to watch us. We are going to get into a big conference soon. It's just a matter of when. I completely agree. I don't know really if the Big 12 is even a a good fit for us, but... There's going to be some big change with all these conferences, especially if we go undefeated again. It just the whole system needs to be redone to you know to make it more fair for for the playoff all the system, the conference system, everything needs an overhaul. This is something that most sports figured out years and years ago. College football, just because of the system in the NCAA, they just haven't fixed it. And I don't know, whatever. Here's a here's an easy one for you, Moo. What uniforms do you think you'll wear will wear against SMU, and what are your pr- score predictions as well? So, if the UCF fans are supposed to wear students are black and everyone else is gold, but we don't have gold uniforms. <laughs> That's true. Maybe the black uniforms with the gold helmet or black. I don't think we've done the black uniforms or gold pants yet. We have we? Don't we? have gold pants. We don't have gold pants. So, do we have gold anything? No, we have gold <laughs> black helmets. and gold. So, I'm thinking it'll be. All black, like the USF all black, with the gold numbers, with gold helmets, like you said. Which, I don't know, would that look good? I'm trying to, like, picture it. I have no idea. Whatever. This really doesn't doesn't matter. I, I really yeah, don't care about, about the stupid right, so uniforms. What about, it's cool to look good. What about the score prediction? I'm thinking 56 to 10. No, no one's going to kick a field goal against us. 56 to 7. All right, so you're going 56-7. I, I like getting Matthew Wright involved a little bit, at least once. Yeah, it's so, eight extra points. He's involved. We'll get him. We'll, <laughs> we'll get him. I'm going to go with 59-28. to 59-28. I think we win handily. 28? Yeah, I mean, the, we're up huge, and then, you know, there's some garbage at the end. So, yeah. I mean, that's the way the games have been going. You know, we get a big... That's true. That's it true. kind of struggle a little bit or it gets off to a slow start. But once McKenzie and everybody gets into that tempo, we can just score like that. Seven touchdowns for McKenzie, though. 
That's what I'm thinking. Big game from Kalubiali as well. All right, we got anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, just reiterate, the tailgate starts at 1, game is at 7. Make sure to show up early, pack the house. Yep. This one on ESPN. No, it's on ESPNU. Yep, I'll be setting up a tailgate at Memory Mall. Hit me up. I'll do a shotgun with every single person that wants. Could get a little weird. <laughs> All right, go Knights. Charge on. Get a little weird. So oh.